Today's Bible reading is from Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 to 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. And let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is the word of the Lord. It's Friday now as I come to record this, and when most of you are watching this, it will be Sunday the 23rd of August. And I don't know what will have transpired between now and when you come to watch this in regards to the thing that's weighing most heavily on my mind and the minds of many at the moment. Uh, But be that as it may, as I come to record this now, the life of Magellan McLaughlin hangs very much in the balance, as it has done for many months, uh, but more so now than ever before. On Thursday morning, that's yesterday, Neil and the family woke to the news that Magella, who's been now in Naringa Hospital in palliative care for a few months, was experiencing even greater difficulty in breathing. She had an increased amount of fluid on her lungs and was suffering with a temperature. And yesterday was a very hard day for Magella, a hard day for all of her family. And today we'll have the same questions and the same grief and the same kind of sadness. Uh, Without question, this is a family that needs our prayers. And we as a church family, we're all swept up in this because great is our love for Magella and for Neil and for Sam and for Aaron and Harry and Kate and for all those uh, who grieve and love this one. Magella's suffering has been mountainous, a cruel disease that has preserved her mind Uh, but has steadily robbed her of her mobility and much more. And yet she has remained in full possession of a peaceful grace, an unwavering faith, and a powerful witness of what love looks like lived out in the midst of suffering. I want to invite you to please be in prayer for our sister and her family and for one another. And now my task is is to take us to the Word of God and to hear what He has to say to us. And to be honest, I don't much feel like it. Two weeks ago, we excitedly planned a new series, diving into the wisdom literature and to hear how God might bring His wisdom to speak into all kinds of areas of our lives. And today was to come to the introduction to this series, Get Wisdom. And I want to suggest that it probably couldn't be more appropriate that God has us listening to this, given that the shadow of death is looming large in many of our minds. And so much of the wisdom we seek is in the light of death and the uncertainties that lie before us, along with so many other things, so many of the big questions that we have. Because don't we all come with a a ton of questions that we want answers for? We want some wisdom in the light of this. The simplest and the hardest one being, what on earth is going on, God? Why? Why is it like this? 
See, see, don't you wonder? I wonder all the time. I wonder in, in small ways, should I do this? Should I do that? I wonder, is this a good time? Or is I wonder, is part of my wondering about if this is fair or just or prudent? I wonder, how do we plan for the next thing that's coming? Or is this right? Or is this wrong? Is this foolish? Is this wise? I wonder if God wouldn't mind just shedding a little light on a whole lot of questions and on a whole lot of decisions that need to be made. In my darker moments, I wonder sometimes if God has wandered off the field just to leave us to our own devices for a while. In my darkest moments, I wonder if God's there at all. Because this life thing is tough at times. And it doesn't always go the way that I want or others want. And why not? Why isn't it just so simple to understand? Why is it so complex? How are we meant to live this life well? How does it work? And and it's those questions that actually lie at the heart of the wisdom literature in the Bible. The wisdom literature, in a way, invites you to bring your wondering, your questions, and get some answers to get wisdom. In fact, in Proverbs, you you meet the the parent who, who lovingly looks into their child's eyes and pleads with that child, above all else, To be wise. In Proverbs chapter 4 verse 5 and 7. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't forsake wisdom. She will protect you. Love her and she'll watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have. Get understanding. And I think that now more than ever we need to hear what wisdom says into so many different areas of our lives, across a a whole range of our decisions. Because, let's be honest, we're pretty accustomed at making decisions. Um, But for the last five months, that process of making decisions has been all the more difficult. It's it's ramped up. The, The uncertainty in making decisions where you just don't know what the future would look like and things are so hard to predict. You hear a lot of people talking about decision fatigue. And with that comes the desire for someone else to make the call, someone else to provide the wisdom. Then at least, even if I don't like the decision, I didn't have to make it. But all of us, all of the time, are still in that process of seeking to make decisions, to be wise, and we're left with the question, I wonder, is this the right thing to do? Am I being wise? And so for this season, from now until Christmas, we're going to be asking, how can we live with wisdom? What does God's wisdom say to a whole range of things? What does it say to your anxiety, to your vulnerability? We're going to look at that next week. To your purity and intimacy? What does it say to your wealth or to your work or to your ageing? or to What does wisdom say? But before we get to that, We actually need to back up a little bit and begin by asking, do you actually want to be wise, really? Because maybe you've already got it figured out. Maybe you're wise in your own eyes. And what I want us to see as we begin is to realise that actually coming to biblical wisdom is going to be unsettling. That's because this is a mind renewal project. We're actually embarking on what Paul talks about in Romans 12 verse 2. 
where he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. See, the pattern of this world. See, maybe you've discovered that there is a certain logic and a pattern to this world and it works well. Maybe you've grown accustomed to the way that things are done and that this world goes to work and it works well. Maybe you've appreciated the benefits of playing along like everyone else does. And maybe that looks smart or it looks profitable or it looks economically rational or pleasurable or politically expedient. See, maybe you've got a whole lot of understanding, but is that wisdom? Is that wise? See, the Bible's actually really specific about what wisdom is and what it isn't. And it isn't just having the smarts and having knowledge. We actually need to see that there's a close relationship between understanding and wisdom. In Proverbs 9 verse 10, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We actually discover that wisdom is knowledge that's applied to life rightly. And you'll see that that's inextricably linked to an understanding of God. More of that in a moment. But think about that understanding and wisdom relationship. It is to say that you are able to recognise reality, that is to understand things, and then live in harmony with that reality. To do that is to get wisdom. To not do that is to do what the wisdom literature calls to be the fool. In fact, when it comes to talk about wisdom, not just the wisdom literature, but the whole Bible has tons to say about wisdom or chokmah in the Hebrew. And what you discover when you come to look at that word, and we'll look at this more in weeks to come, because this idea of wisdom, of chukmah, is massive. But as we begin, you need to realise that that wisdom is described as a core attribute of God. That it's embedded into everything that he is and that he does. His chukmah. So, in, just in Proverbs 8, you learn that this wisdom was right there, intricately connected to the creation work of the cosmos. The chukmah was there, and the chukmah in chapter 8 speaks, and it says, I was there when he, that is God, set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizons on the face of the deep, and when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary, so that the waters would not overstep his command, And when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in the human race. You get this kind of partnership between God as he creates and chukmah, the wisdom as it happens. And he's saying, oh, look at God, look at how it fits together in this and this. It's delight and it's purposeful and it's all woven together. Wisdom right there in the very fabric of how everything works. Chukmah wrote the operating manual. It has all the design specs and it built the thing. And it is at the very DNA of God's creation. Wisdom right there. That is why pursuing wisdom, getting wisdom, isn't just about getting knowledge. 
To pursue wisdom is to live in harmony with the way that God has folded everything into his creation, to be in step with it and not pushing it against it like the fool would, but living in harmony with it. And and what is beautiful in all of this is to see that this attribute, this building block of God, his chukmah, isn't just an attribute for him alone, but it's also possible for us to possess and for us to pursue. We're invited to do that. And that's why in the very next section, wisdom will say in Proverbs 8 verse 34, blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors and waiting at my doorway. For those who find me find life and receive favour from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. And all who hate me love death. See, notice, before you get to explore all of the beauty and the diverse ways that chukmah and wisdom works its way out in the world and what it's saying into your life, chukmah actually tells you that there's a starting point to wisdom and it isn't you. It isn't your wondering how it all fits together in the logic of it, wondering how you might live your best life. It begins with God. And importantly, it begins with the fear of God, the fear of Yahweh. The fear of the Lord is, in fact, the beginning of wisdom, as we read a moment ago. Now, what does that mean? It's about having the right perspective on reality. It's about having a reverential awe for the God who has made all things with his chukmah at work, in his purposes, for his timing, and trusting that. It's to have that reverential awe that sees that God is not like me or you, that he has a power and a capacity that is far, far beyond us, and that there's something terrifying about that, such power, And such capacity. But also to know that his knowledge and his understanding dwarfs ours. And his purity, his holiness, it has no deficiency in it. And when he speaks, he is faithful and true. He has no deceit in him. And his judgments, they are without compromise. He's so other from us. He is so wonderful. So incomprehensibly massive and beautiful and powerful and so fearful. Not in the sense that he's angry and abusive, but when you see something of that magnitude and see your finitude, how small you are, there is something wonderful about that. See, do you want to get wisdom? It won't begin with you saying, I wonder, and I have all these wonderings and these questioning. It will be about standing there and saying, God, as I think of you, I am filled with wonder. It's to move from the I wonder with the question mark to the I wonder with the exclamation mark. To ponder God in all of his magnitude and to get that right. And just quickly, I want you to see that that's actually the pattern that we see illustrated for us in Job. 
Job, as someone who's shown to us in the wisdom literature, as one who suffers greatly and doesn't understand why, and comes to God with all of his wondering, why, God, is it like this? Why, particularly if I've sought to live with wisdom? And so Job comes wondering and saying, God, what is the deal? What's going on with this life? And what Job learns is two things. That Job misjudged himself. He had too high a view of himself and his own understanding. Like Proverbs 12, 15 says, that the way of the fool is right in his own eyes. But not only did Job misjudge himself, he misjudged God. He had too low a view of God. He he didn't understand the capacity, the scale, the magnitude, what it was to truly fear God. See, what happens in the wisdom literature is that you come with your questions, creatures that are shaking their fists at God, saying, it's not fair. If I was God, I'd behave a different way. How come, God? I just want to wonder for a moment. Are you not good or not loving or not powerful? However, when God brings forward his questions, his questions from God to Job, he's making it crystal clear that there is no one with God's unique power or with God's unique authority. And so Job gets to see his limitations, how short his arms are as he's come to box with God. And the great danger that you see in Job is his mistrusting and his misunderstanding of God. And Job needs to repent of it, to, to adopt that fear of God And to turn from folly to wisdom. It's interesting that call that you see there. That he comes to repent. Is exactly the call that you see that Jesus brings. The first words that he utters in Mark's gospel are exactly the same. That when God takes on human flesh. And is interwoven into our real time and space. Here is wisdom personified. What does wisdom say? In Mark chapter 1 verse 14, he says, The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Recognize reality and live in harmony with that reality. That the starting point of wisdom is what we see in Job. That God is teaching Job to trust him, even in spite of circumstances. To trust him, not based on the answers to the why questions, to all the wondering that we might have, but based on the who questions, on the great wonder that is God, the one who is in control. And who is he? He is the one to come before with reverent fear, knowing that he is to be feared, that he is powerful and in control. And in that reverent fear to recognise that he is always good, that there might be something terrifying about him, but he is just and loving. And when you look to his wisdom personified that dies for us and that offers us life eternal and brings the great remedy to death, that there is resurrection and life eternal. And if your wisdom is bound up just with the here and now and how life is to be lived in this life, then recognise that you haven't recognised reality. But live in harmony the one with the one who goes through death into life that is everlasting. And to know that wisdom starts here with the fear of the Lord, 
with the reverent trusting, with that awe that comes and looks to God, that sees him in the person and the work of Jesus Christ, who died and was buried and rose again, and who reigns and is alive. And wisdom says, trust me, love me, pursue me, take hold of me, and don't reject me. Love life and embrace wisdom, though it cost you all you have. Do not let her go. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, would you help us to be wise? Lord, we come with many, many wonderings, many questions. But today, Lord, would you stop us and fill us with a wonder of you, with a fear of you, with a capacity to see you in control, with power and authority, with justice and with love. And Lord, would you comfort us with all of our questions and confusion? With grief and sadness, would you draw us to see the one who has power, even power over death? And so we come asking for you, Lord, to give us wisdom and to fill us with that understanding that knows you to be a God who is for us, loving and powerful. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.